us, Lord. say in their own testimony I may not be all that I should be but I thank God I ain't what I used to be that's a change or you could take it to the next level and, and say to and your testimony can be the things I used to do I don't do no more I can't do no more the things I used to say because a wonderful change has come over me Ain't God good? I know he's all right. Turn your attention now to the book of Philippians. Chapter number one, verses 27 and 28. When you have found it or see it, please stand. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated in the presence of God. As the Holy Spirit will guide on this morning, I want to share from the thought, a winning plan, a winning plan. Let us pray. God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my sermon, but your sermon being preached. Make me to be nothing, hide me behind your cross and fill an empty vessel with your Holy Spirit so that your word would do all that's been assigned to do and not return unto thee void. God, it is always my prayer that the words of my mouth but the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are our strength and our holy redeemer. In Christ's name we pray been here long enough that I can share some information over again. Uh, but you, you remember growing up uh, at recess. I don't know if they have that anymore. And they would uh, select teams and you always knew who the best athletes were because they would almost fight over selecting that player. I wasn't that guy. But, but I did play sports. I wasn't very good at, 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 at the game. Um, I made the all-star by default. The whole team was bad, and I just so happened to be the best one of the bad. Uh, but it, and, and I tried to play a few of them. I, I played all the major ones in, in, in the, you know, the boys' club. I played uh, basketball for a year. And then I played a little bit of football. I told you I quit football. The man hit me the first time. I said, that's not my game. I walked right off the field. <laughs> that's true story. But the one I was pretty good at was baseball. Uh, I wasn't great, but I was good at it. I was the catcher. I stood behind the, the 
played and caught what the pitcher threw up. And I didn't only catch the ball, but I had an assignment while there. My task to be so close to the batter was to talk smack. I was to begin the smack talking, but you had to do it quietly in Little League because it wasn't really permitted until the whole team, and particularly the infield, would join the chant. Batter, 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 swing. And they would do it just before the ball arrived to tell the batter to swing because the objective of the chatter was to draw the attention of the batter off the ball he was trying to hit. This is what Paul is saying to the Philippian church. He says that, 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 that in life when, when, when it comes to living for Christ, life is going to bring some chatter on the boundaries. And they, they're going to make loud ruckus and a lot of noise. And, and the purpose of the noise is to turn your attention away from the one who has summoned you. That, that he, says, he says, don't be intimidated by what they say. Don't, don't, don't sweat the opposition that tries to draw you away. Because it's nothing but noise. It's, it's, just, it's just a sound that's being made to distract you. And, 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 and it, 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 it only can do what you allow it to do. But, but don't pay attention to the noise. And you have to be, be careful because the noise that is being made by the opposition is like ice cream. It comes in many flavors. Because the objective of the chatter is not to give you something that you won't listen to, but to tune their chatter to what will draw your attention. And, 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 and so sometimes it may come to you and, and the chatter may not be something that is sour, but it may come very sweetly. It, the chatter may, may, may not be an, un, in, an uninvite to get your attention, but it may be an invitation to pull you away. The chatter that, that, that you hear may not be a noise or, or a sound that, 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 that comes with problems, but it may come with a lot of promise, just enough to draw you away from what God has called you to be and do. The good, this, is the, this is the reason why in life you should never go through life all willy-nilly. But everyone should have a dream and a goal in which they are striving and going forward to. Because I've learned this, that when you have a dream, an aspiration, a goal in your life, your goal in your life and your dreams are what tells you the difference between what's chatter and what's God. Because it is then that you realize that when people come in your life, if they don't 
encourage what God has given to you for life, then they are not there for God. If people call you and invite you to, to something that pulls you away from your dream, then you know it's nothing but chatter. That the problem is in life, we got too many people walking around and they don't know what their goal is. They, they lack ambition. But let me give you this, that to be a Christian is always a goal to be achieved. Paul said you got to forget what's behind you. Press forward to a mark because Christianity is always an upward mobility in which as long as you keep your eye on the prize. He said, but I'm smart enough to know that when you choose God, chatter will begin. He says, but I have a hand here that a, 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 a plan for the winner. He says, while you're marching up Jacob's ladder, he says, make sure you stand firm. Firm means to be fixed. And so he says, stay focused. Don't ever lose your focus on your goal. My, my, my father was a baseball coach. And my father was on both sides. When he was on defense, he said, make noise. But when he was on offense, he would teach us and teach his players, don't take your eye off the ball. And let me tell you something. If you've ever been to a baseball game, especially a local one, they can be cruel. Now, I told y'all this before, but I played on a team where it was me and Rolonzo and everybody else looked different. And we had to play in Peppermill Village. Now, in Peppermill, they didn't chatter. They cussed and threatened. I, 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 I told this before, but I got to tell it again. I was standing at the back. Not what was on the field, Ryan, but what was at the backstop. And they were calling me names. But it's the one phrase they said to me that got my attention. You hit it, you don't make it home. I said, I did it. I said, time out. God's my witness. I went to the coach. I said, coach, I don't think I can hit this ball. <laughs> I said, I said, I really think you need to get somebody else in here to hit this ball. And you know the story. The ball hit me. I was so grateful. That was the best hit I, I, I ever took when the ball hit me and I could take my base. But, 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 but let me tell you what's interesting. He said, keep your eyes on the prize. Now, let's make it biblical. Does it sound familiar? Let me tell you a part of the story that sometimes we miss. We always talk about how Peter walked on water. But let me tell you what happened, really happened to Peter. Read the story. You find it in Matthew around the 14th chapter. When Peter asked God, or the Lord, asked Jesus to let me come out there, what people forget is that the wind was already blowing. The chatter was already started. And he walks on the water. And the wind that was blowing was contrary to the goal which he was trying to achieve. That's what noise does. It wasn't until he took notice of what was already in place that when he took his eyes off the goal that he sank. 
Paul says, learn from Peter. Don't ever take your eyes off the ball. Don't ever take your eyes off Jesus. Always keep your eyes on the goal and the dream. Because if you keep your eyes on your, on, on your possibilities, how in the world can you hear people say you can't when you serve a God that's able? If you keep your eyes on your goal, how can you hear people who say it's impossible to a God you serve that says all things are possible if you believe? How can you take your eyes off a of God to people who say you'll never make it when the Lord says as long as you do it in my name, you can make it as how can you ever take your eyes and not be focused on the fact that the God who has brought you thus far will lead you the rest of the way. He says if you going to make it stay focused keep your eye on Jesus don't don't let suffering don't let success don't let problems don't let praise don't let troubles don't let triumph take you away from the God that's calling you don't y'all miss it because every blessing ain't a blessing if you turn it into a burden and walk away from Jesus when you get it hey I just said something let me say it again some people get blessed and leave Jesus. Now you turn your blessing into a burden. Hey! Don't get cute because you got a perm. Because it's still under there. I'm, I'm sorry. He says, he says, he says, he says firm, stay firm. Means stay fixed, stay, stay focused. He says, but also there's another word in it. He says, stay, stay faithful. Now, let me tell you the difference between focus and faithful. Whenever we, 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 uh, the, the United Methodists and a lot of denominations, AME as well as Catholic, Catholic churches, have what they call a lectionary. And you know, in the lectionary, they give you a weekly scripture. Every scripture has a cross-reference. They give you a, a gospel reading, which is like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They'll give you an epistle, which is Philippians, is an epistle. They give you a psalm, book of psalms, and then they give you an Old Testament. The cross-reference to this text is Exodus. Exodus is really talking about how, what it means to be faithful. When you read the Exodus text, what, they're t what they highlight is when uh, uh, the people of uh, Israel are in the wil wilderness because God answered their prayer to set them free. They're there. Uh, it, was a, it took them 40 years to take a three-day journey, pretty much, walking around in circles, but they got hungry. Now, when they got hungry, they began to complain. And, they had, and because they couldn't see how they were going to eat. As a matter of fact, in the vision that they saw in the wilderness, all they saw was death and dying. Because they, they looked and they said to Moses, I don't believe you brought me, brought us out of Egypt into the wilderness to die. Because, because, because in the wilderness, there's no food. There's no restaurant. Let, let me help somebody and tell you why we need to really be concerned 
about when they set prisoners free. When people are put out of jail, even though they're in the world, it's almost like a wilderness. Because when they put on their application that they serve time, they find it hard to get a meal because people won't hire them. And when people don't hire them, they have a high percentage of returning back to the very prison. Why? Because it was better to have three meals in a bar, behind bars, than to sit out in the street to die. I'm just trying to bring it, make it real to you. And, 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 so, and so when they looked, they murmured, and they looked in the wilderness, and they said to Moses, I don't believe you brought us here to die, because what we see is a wilderness. What we don't see is a restaurant. What we see is sand. What we don't see is bread. What we see is dry land. What we don't see is water. What we see is hot sun. What we don't see is the possibility of growth and livestock. He says, you have brought, and at this point, it looks like all hope is gone. Paul is saying to the church, when it looks like you ain't going to make it. When it looks like all hope is gone, that's not the time to lose your faith. That's the time to gain your faith. Y'all ain't got. It. He says because the God we serve sometimes will put us in position, and you—that's when you go back and get Grandmama's words and say, "I don't know how the Lord's going to do it, but I believe the Lord will make a way somehow." He says, "Be faithful in the times when you're wanting and you don't have an answer, when your problems is bigger than your resolution." when your bills are more than your money coming in when your sickness is greater than the cure that hospitals offer he said at that point don't lose faith in God don't get mad don't get angry get yourself a closet get down on your knees and remind the Lord say Lord I know that you're able because I saw you feed 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish I know you're able to work it out I saw you God call a dead man from the grave so I know you can lift me up from where I am. God, I'm not going to lose faith in you. I know just as Peter walked on water that you can walk all over my situation as well. I know, God, that I'm not going to, I may not be able to see how you're going to do it, the way you're going to do it, but when I'm going to remain faithful, I'm going to believe that God who parted the Red Sea can take a part in my troubles and bless me anyhow. Stay faithful. Don't give up because God specializes in those things that seem impossible. Preach. I got some people who can tell you, I didn't think I was going to make it, but the Lord brought me through. My heart was broken, but God mended me. I didn't know how I was going to make the mortgage, but not only did it help me pay it, but I got a house to go with it. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And, then, and, and, and then, then, then we get cute like we did it all by ourselves. Don't make God fold his hand. <laughs> he says, he says, he says, winning plan. Stay focused, stay faithful. And he said, remain friends. He's really talking to the church. But I'm also saying, say, say, stay, stay, stay close to God. Re, re, because, you know, the, the enemy is always not only trying to take, take down the people, but he's also trying to take down the church. Let, let me explain. If you come to church and 
he takes you down, then not only does he take you away, but he diminishes the church. One soul at a time. He says, but remain friendly. So, so let me get this and get out of here. He says, strive together. Listen to me. And at the end he says, the faithful one, he says, be faithful to the gospel. And he says, stand firm. All the words are there. He says, um, strive together. Stay friends. Now, I, I, I went, we went to a wedding yesterday. I love weddings. I, I do. I, I love weddings. I, and, I, and I love how everybody has a different flow. And they, they you know, try to be creative with the weddings. How they march in. Uh, what songs they're going to sing. Colors. Always trying to have the best wedding. I mean, let me tell y'all something. They're all the same when it comes out in the wash. <laughs> Your dress ain't that unique. And they ain't walking no different than the man and the woman that walked down there at the last wedding. But you think it's unique. It's not the same wedding. I don't even have to go to wedding rehearsals. I know where I'm going to stand every service. <laughs> I tell them, I said, well, I'm coming. I know where I'm standing. Unless y'all going to put me on a curve somewhere, I, I usually stand front center. But anyway, let me stop. Because <laughs> y'all look a little sleepy. I like talking to y'all when y'all sleep. It's a challenge to see if I can wake you up. But I went to a wedding. And, and so in, in a wedding, but the, the pastors can be very, very unique. You got various offici officials that officiate real uniquely. Uh, you, got, you got the pastor who comes in. Uh, tries to be very friendly and cordial. Then you got the preaching pastor. Everything's a preacher. Do you take a <laughs> <laughs> And then you got, you know, the barrier wife. Oh, good afternoon. Let me stop. And so you kind of listen to the wedding ceremony, and, but there's some key words that you listen to. Now, now, one word that we don't put in the wedding no more that I used to listen to was, if there's anybody here, and I'm going to tell you, that's a scary part because y'all don't know this. I have actually been in weddings where they have told me, if you see so-and-so coming, am I lying? If you see so-and-so coming, put your running shoes in place. I know they ain't aiming for me, but what they're aiming for is standing up there with me, so put your running shoes on, Pastor, because you got some folk in the, in the ceremony. That's coming. You didn't invite them. They invited themselves. But anyway, they didn't say that. I said, okay. But it was the part that I always wait for at the end. And I think this is the most important part of the ceremony. Because it prepares the bride and groom for what's ahead. It first says, it's not the part where it says, now... By the power given to me under the authority of God and of the state of where I am, I now pronounce you husband and wife. That's not the part. I'm not waiting for the part where they say uh, to the groom, you may salute your bride. I, I'm not waiting for that part. I'm waiting for this part. Now, what the Lord has joined together. <laughs> Don't y'all miss it. Don't let no man or woman, let me put it to you this way, tear it apart. Let, let me give it to you again. You ever heard, that, that, that to me is the most important part of the tone. 
what God has joined together. Let nobody tear you apart because the minute you do something that God ordains, the enemy is coming to get you. And he says, remain friends because the minute you choose God as your Savior, the minute that you confess Jesus as your Lord, the minute you turn your heart over to him, the devil is going to get his chariot, going to get all the arsenal he can. And that's when you'll find out what it means when he says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. In other words, that the devil is going to get some weapons. He's going to try to pull you away from the very God that you gave your life to. Don't let nobody separate you from the family and the fellowship of the king kingdom of God that he has called you in. Don't you let nobody cause you to leave your church, leave your faith, throw in the towel and say I don't believe. But right then you strive together. You pray together. You praise together. Don't you give up because that is the winning plan. That if you're going to win this race, stay focused, stay faithful and remain together. Paul says this. Now watch this. not understand this. He said, he starts out strange. Then he gets to these verses. Then he gets the sandwich. He says, as for me, living is Christ, dying is gain. I never liked that passage. Just didn't make sense to me. Living is Christ, Dying is gain. Then if you read verse 28, or, or the verse behind it, he says this. Or oh, I read this to you. Remember what he said? He says, don't worry about your opponents. That's their destruction. But it's your salvation because it's God's doing. So sandwiched between that, Paul says, if you stay focused, faithful, and together, your destiny is to win. And he started out winning. He says, when even when I live, I walk in victory. That means that I, I'm breathing and I got a pulse beat because my breathing and my pulse beat reminds me that God is with me. Even though the enemy tried to take me out, I'm still living because I live in Christ. Then he turns around, he says, but even... If my opponent takes me out, even if I die while I'm living in him, I still win. Because even at the grave, I still have victory. Y'all should be shouting. Whether I'm living, I'm going to win 
because I'm focused, faithful, and I'm together with God. And even if I die, I win because now I gain. Because I'm, I was focused, faithful, and y'all still ain't got it. He, what, what, what Paul is saying, as long as you keep Jesus front and center in your life, be not dismayed, whatever shall betide you, because the Lord will take care of you. You don't believe me? Let me help you. When Jesus was living, he walked in victory. They took him up on Golgotha's hill. The devil said, I got you now. They nailed him to a tree. They watched him bleed and suffer. They saw him carry away, put him in a grave. They said, we got you now. But he said, even though I die, that's still my gain. Because when I get up, I don't go down in defeat. And I rise up in victory. How did I do it? Because to my my father, I stayed focused, I stayed faithful, and I stayed with my daddy. And the same plan is written for us. And here's the dilemma. Too many of us will throw God away when the only way you can win is with him. The only way you can get through it is with him. The only way you can get over it is with him. The only way you can rise above it is with him. The only way you can shout your way in it is with him. Because when God is with you, he's more than the world against you. I wish I had a witness here, but since I can't get one, I'll be my own witness. They told me that I'll never make it this far. They said when I was in school, you're not college material. When I got to college, they told me I could not pass. When I passed college, they said you won't make seminary. When I passed seminary, they said you'll never make it any further. When I got a church, they said it'd never be bigger than a flea. When I start preaching, they say I'll run out of gas. But because the Lord has his hands on me, I've come to learn all things are possible. If you only believe, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm preaching my story, but that's your story. The Lord has made a way. The Lord has brought us out. The Lord has kept us, and the Lord will keep and so if you want to win keep your eyes and heart on Jesus don't let the world turn you away let me help somebody here it's not always suffering that takes the strong away sometimes too much success make you think you God all by yourself. The winning plan. Paul says, stay with the Lord. Because if you stay with him, living you're winning. And even in death, you still win. I know it's the same message. But you'd be amazed how many people forget it after the benediction. 
by the way, you won't know it's true if you're not in the race. So when the doors of the church are open, it's your invitation to get into the race. Don't be on the sideline making noise. Won't you come on and get in the game? Be a part of a winning team. That's what the invitation is. To draw people from the sidelines of life and put them in the, into the game of life abundance. To bring them right to God where all of God's children reign victorious. The doors of the church are open. If there's one today, come give me your hand because God has your heart. Maybe you You've already said, well, Reverend, I'm in the game, but you don't have a church home. You don't have a, you don't have a house. You don't have a spiritual leader, a pastor. You don't have family and friends who hold you accountable to what it is that you're doing. The church is more than a building. It's a house of prayer, and it's, a, it's about family striving together. It's about people who, who help people and help each other to get to the winning circle. It's us being accountable to each other. It's a people, a family growing together in our knowledge of the God that saved us. And people don't say this, but it is true. The church needs you. Let me make it very clear. God can be God all by himself. But the church needs you. Because when you become a part of the church, the chain of grace and mercy goes further. It's able to reach the communities that you go to and we can. When you become a part of the link in the chain, you help make a difference in the lives of the people you're around. So let God, if God has summoned you, he didn't summon you, summons you to join the church alone. He summons us to extend the chain, to reach people who need to know him as you come to know him. So tenderly he calls. If there's one today, come give me your hand because God has your heart. The invitation is extended. Is there one that needs to come? As we stand all around this place, the doors of the church are open. The arms of God is open to receive any one of his children. Come on, young man. Come on up here. Bless you. Stand right there. Somebody's going to come because they ain't going to let you stand there alone. All right? I like the hookup. My head too big for a bow tie. But it look, it look good on you. How old are you? 32? I was thinking more like 20. You're supposed to say thank you. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> You're still standing there by yourself. I'm talking because we don't let any young men come in and not another brother stand with you. Amen. Here he comes. God bless you. And let me say this. I don't think you're the only one. You took courage today and you were obedient to the spirit of the Lord that's in this place.
But the door is still open and someone else may need to come. Someone else may need to take the walk. Remember, it's more than a church. It's God summons you because God has something great for you that he wants you to do. And he has a place where he wants that work to take place. Help us stretch out a little further. If Jesus has called you, come in Jesus' name. Take a minute and a moment just to give somebody a chance to think. I try to be an equal opportunity caller. And you can tell if the call is for you because you are in your spirit hoping that I wouldn't keep, you're trying to get me to stop talking because maybe God is pushing you and you say, I'll be glad when this is over. The only reason why one would be glad when this is over because something is nudging you. I said also it can be a hypnosis that you think your legs are getting a little weak and your knees are buckling. Come in Jesus' name.